Good morning. Grace and peace to you all today. I'm Captain Roger McCord of the Salvation Army in Napa. And thank you for joining us for our Sunday morning worship service. A little time to spend studying God and uh, His Word and what it could possibly mean for us in our lives. Grace and peace to you. I said that already, didn't I? Well, more grace and peace to you. It's 2021. We all need a little more grace and peace. I got to tell you, uh, grace is often a theme that I preach on, but it, it might be hard to tell sometimes. I usually preach in, in themes. I, I set aside a, a theme for every year, and I tend to build all of our, our sermons and our teachings so that they reflect that theme. And sometimes that's probably really obvious, and other times maybe not so much, but it's always kind of there in the back of my head. And for this year... My theme is walking with God. Walking with God. Now, as we were doing some of the things we were talking about over the last few weeks around Christmas time and Advent and all that, this idea of what it meant to walk with God kept coming back to me. And I think it kind of ties into this quiz I took on Facebook. I took this quiz about what is your activity level. And, you know, I I figured, knowing me, I'm not terribly uh, active these days. I, I spend most of my time when I'm not here at behind this music stand. I'm, I'm over in an office sitting at a desk staring at a computer screen. Or I'm at home sitting at a desk staring at a computer screen doing the same things I would be doing in the office but somewhere around my family. Uh, so I thought, well, I, I'm not going to be the most active guy in the world. So I, I went down this test and I checked off the little things and I got the result at the bottom and it said I am minimally active. Minimally active. What the heck does that mean? Minimally active. It's it's not like I don't do anything. I I mean I uh well I I type a lot. All right, so maybe I am minimally active. Actually, I got this great smartwatch uh, last year, and it records the number of steps I take each day, and it's not very many, frankly. I really am minimally active, which is sad because I have this deep love for doing outdoor things like hiking and prospecting and photography. I mean, But in the last year in particular, these are things that have only been ideas, They've been thoughts I've had, but they've never been an action that I've been able to take. Which, as far as your activity level goes, means they're meaningless. Because it doesn't matter how many steps you walk in your head, that does not translate to steps on your pedometer. I spent thousands of hours at my desk, though. Man, if we got a little clock thing for that, that would... Yeah, maybe that's not something to be proud of. So the theme of walking with God, that, that, that kind of struck me because it's in Scripture from the very beginning to the very end. It's just laced in throughout everything. I don't think there's a, a book where you don't find some idea of how we, as God's people, are supposed to walk with God. And I know this is kind of walking with God. This is a really big idea. It's a very broad um, I mean, that's when you talk about walking with God, usually people are like, well, that's what the whole faith journey thing is, is about, right? 
That's what we do. We're just it's how do I walk with God? That's my whole faith journey. It's just a it's a metaphor for living life. Except I I don't think that it's supposed to be. I mean, it's fine that it's a metaphor for living life and all that, but I don't think that's what we are told in Scripture walking with God is supposed to be. I think it's actually supposed to be us and God walking together through life. I realize I'm making a a fine distinction here. Let me me tackle this from a different point. The uh, Hebrew word for walk is halach. Halach. Only once. I just said it twice because I felt like if I said it twice, somehow I'd feel like I'd pronounced it better. Anything with that chah at the back, just kind of, it's, it's outside of my practice. And so it, I was a little weird. Fortunately, uh, in, in our COVID uh, environment here, it's just me and a camera. And so none of you need to worry that I've spit on you. Halach. Uh, it's uh, the word for walk, it, and it, it doesn't just mean walk. It refers to an action, uh, a flowing like a river. It, it's a word that conveys movement, a pressing forward, a being delivered from one place to another. So it's not static, like like just thinking about walking. It's it's about coming and going. It's about traveling towards a promised land or following a path. It's movement. It's action. It's not a metaphor. It's a directive. It's what we are supposed to be doing that matters. Now, walking is something that I really would like to say I have a great love for. I mean, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and as a, a child, in the time that I was a child there, camping was like the state religion. It really was. If you weren't out two or three weekends a month, you weren't really a Washingtonian. And we would go camping all the time. And every time we went camping, my mom would be like, okay, let's all go for a hike. And as kids, we were like, oh, we have to go how far? A mile and a half? It's terrible. But, you know, we'd see these big trees, and we'd see these swamps, and we'd see uh, moss in the rainforest, and we'd climb mountains, and it was amazing. I loved walking. And so hiking is still something in the back of my head. I think about it, and I think, I love doing that. And I used to, until recent years make a point of going out two or three weeks, two or three days uh, every month, uh, every couple of weeks, I'd set aside a day and I would go somewhere and go hiking or prospecting. Weird hobby, I know, but uh, sometimes I like to go out and uh, dig in the dirt and see if I can find a little gold here or there. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't, but getting out and doing that walk out to get to that site and then spending that time in nature with God and the other people who might be there is amazing. Or, or photography. I used to carry a camera everywhere and take pictures of things. And I would be out for these walks in nature and I would stop and it would take me an hour to walk a mile because I would stop 35 times and take pictures of flowers or trees or other people prospecting or whatever it is. But... I can't say that these are things that I love because I I, I don't do them anymore. 
I don't get out. I'm too busy. Remember, I spent all those hours at my desk, right? So I'm just too busy. I'm obviously, I'm too busy to get out. And there's a, there's a problem with my too busy theory, though. And that problem is, it, it's God. I mean, who's busier than God? He's got to run a whole cosmos. I barely can run my life. But God makes time to take walks. He makes time to get out with his people. There's an early story in Scripture, way back towards the beginning, where God comes to this garden that he made for humans to live in. And there's this sense in his coming to walk with them on this particular day that this is part of a regular habit that he's made. And he walks with them every day. And you hear that he went to walk with them in the cool of the day. So, you know, just like any of us would do with our friends. Hey, the work is done and we've got some time. Let's go out for a walk. You get this sense of joy in God coming to do this with people. The problem is the story I'm drawing this from, it's not a joyful day because uh, when he gets there, the, the man and the woman, they don't want to go for a walk with him. In fact, they hide from him because this is the day that they've eaten that fruit they weren't supposed to be getting into, and there are consequences that need to be faced. But even after they have had the consequences they had to have, there is a truth that is still here, and that is they could still walk with God. So even out of the garden, even out in the world, they had the opportunity to go walk with God. Generation after generation, there was the opportunity to walk with God. Right up until now, I might suggest. However, in just a couple of generations after them, we come to a gentleman named Enoch. Now, Enoch is famous because he walked with God. That's really the only thing he's famous for. Let me read to you here. This is from Genesis chapter 5, starting at verse 21. It says, When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. And then one day he disappeared because God took him. Now, Methuselah. Let's talk about Methuselah, because you might know Enoch. By that name, Methuselah might sound familiar. Methuselah is the guy who had the longest reported life in Scripture. He lived over 900 years, according to uh, Genesis here. And whether you believe that or not, that that's up to you. However, that's what it is written here, and so that's what we're going to go with for this. And what I think is funny is, we're told Enoch walked faithfully with God after Methuselah was born. So like for 65 years, does that mean he walked with God or didn't walk with God? We don't really know, but it doesn't. It sounds like maybe there was something about Methuselah being born that triggered something in Enoch that he started to walk with God. And really, doesn't that happen? New life often brings about new changes. A baby is born, someone changes their life to match that baby. They change their life because they want to become a, a parent that is worth looking up to or that is a good parent as opposed to whatever life they've been living before and and 
Enoch was living in a world that didn't have a lot of good examples. So maybe this baby being born was something that changed him, and that maybe is what got him started on his walk with God. Methuselah himself doesn't seem to have walked with God, sadly. Um, and I can I can tell you that with some assurance because when you work out the math in uh, Genesis 5 and Genesis 6, you'll see that Methuselah probably drowned in the flood. But before that, God took Enoch because Enoch walked with God for 300 years and then God took him. 300 years, that's a pretty good run. And we don't really know a whole lot about it because there's not much about Enoch in Scripture. There's a lot of traditions about him. There's one school of thought that that was that God loved walking with Enoch so much that he looked at Enoch and he said, man, you are prone to make bad choices, so I'm going to just take you out of this world before you sin because I love walking with you, brother. So God just wanted to save him and so he just plucked him out. I don't, I don't believe that that's what happened here. But what a great concept. The idea that God loves someone so much that he'll do whatever he can to save him from the consequences of worldly sin. Hmm, that sounds like something we see in Scripture a lot, doesn't it? Another story that people used to tell about Enoch is that uh, he was so holy that God brought him up into heaven to rule over the angels. So God was like walking with him every day for 300 years and he kept getting ideas from Enoch and saying, man, you are just a brilliant guy. Let's, let's bring you on to my personal staff. And he made Enoch his, like, his attendant who was responsible, the director of the angels, as it were. And then people who tell this story also say that while Enoch was there in heaven, he invented writing. And then God shared that with the rest of the world. Now, obviously, these are not scriptural stories, but they're interesting ideas that people have come to think about what it might mean to walk with God so intimately like Enoch. And there is actually scripture about Enoch that tells us a little more about him. The author of the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, way towards the back there. In uh, Hebrews, he says it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. He's quoting that from the Genesis passage. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So to walk with God, like Enoch walked with God, that just means we have to live in a way that pleases God. We have to live in faith. Now, there's someone else who lived in faith just not too long after Enoch. In fact, his great-great-grandson, a guy named Noah. Noah also walked with God. He followed in the footsteps of his great-grandfather Enoch and did the things that God was pleased by. Now, in Genesis 6, we read that God looks at the whole world and the whole world has become evil and it breaks his heart all of these people that he's created for better things have instead turned to corruption and violence 
God was so sad that he just, he resolved he's just going to wipe it all out. He was like an artist whose project turned out wrong. He decided, I'm just going to get rid of this and we can start fresh or something. But Noah happened. Now, according to Genesis 6, starting at verse 9, it says, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. See? Noah, he's walking with God. Walking with God is amazing. And he is the only person living in a way that pleases God. Noah is the only guy on the entire planet living in a way that is faithful. He is the only one walking with God. And his walking with God would actually keep the world from being scrapped. His walking with God was different from all the rest of the world. What did the rest of the world look like? Well, Look at verse 11. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. Violence, it's Hebrew word, Hamas. It's the same word. Hamas means wrong. Uh, the whole world was wrong, violent, sinful, except Noah. The whole world except Noah. The world walked in this way, Noah walked in another way. The world walked in violence and wrong, Noah walked in peace and right, Noah walked with God. And so God, rather than just wiping everything out, said, all right, Noah, I want you to build a boat. He gave him some instructions to build the boat. He sent some animals to get on the boat. He put Noah on the boat and also on the boat, the ark. We find Noah's wife, his three sons, and their wives. How many people walked with God? Just Noah. What are all these other people doing on the ship? Well, walking with God can create additional opportunities for your loved ones. If you walk with God, your influence bleeds out on those around you, and your walk can change other people's lives. It can change them for the better. Which means, and I know you know this is possible, your walk can also change other people's lives for the worse. If you choose to walk in violence and wrong, it leads people towards corruption and death. So if you walk with God instead, it gives people an opportunity to be saved. It, it means that your influence reaches out and shows people around you what it is that God is trying to do with all of us. God wants to walk with us, and we want to walk with Him. That means to walk in faith. And to walk in faith is to break this down a little further. It means to live as if God is real and what He says is true. I'm going to repeat that. To walk in faith means to live as if God is real and what He says is true. Why would we want to do that? Well, how about this? Because God is real and what He says is true. There's a, a simple hymn about walking with God that keeps coming back to me. The whole time I've been working on this study, it was like running in the back of my head, an earworm that I could not get out. It's worse than that Hamilton soundtrack. Simple hymn. It's number 690 in the songbook of the Salvation Army. I'll spare you my singing. I'm going to just read you a bit of it. It says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. I know, that sounds a bit simplistic, but listen to the last verse. 
Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, and where he sends we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. See, that's walking with God. It means we trust and obey. When we walk with God, we need to trust that he is God. And if he's God, then the things he say matter, and so we should listen, right? And if we are listening to the things that God, a God, any God, the God who created the cosmos, if we're listening to the things that someone who built us says about how we work, we should believe them, right? And then follow through. If someone sells me a car and they know cars, they're a car manufacturer or a car salesperson, they're someone who knows a car, and they say, you know what, this car, you've got to put gas in this every 250 miles. Or you need to plug it in and charge it overnight every 200 miles or it's not going to keep driving. If I go out and then I never put gas in it or I never plug it into the charger, whatever kind of car I've got, if I don't do that, what's going to happen to my car? It's not going to be a car. It's going to be a hut. If we don't trust our creator to tell us the right things about how we work, If we don't trust that enough to follow through on it, if we don't trust God enough to obey the things he instructs us in, where are we going? Nowhere. See, this is walking with God. Walking with God is a doing thing. It's not a thinking thing. Well, it is a thinking thing, but it's not just a thinking thing. It's active It's moving. It's flowing like a river. It's pleasing God by living as if He is real. It means walking together with God as companions. As friends, even. Nothing would bring God greater joy than if you did that. So here's the question I've got for each of you who's uh, still with us this morning. Will you do that? This is, like I said, this is my theme for 2021. And I'm not saying I'm going to preach the same message every week or anything like that. But I want you to think, am I walking with God? Or am I just thinking about walking with God? Or, even farther out on that spectrum, am I not even thinking about it? Am I just stumbling through life with no idea of walking with God, without God, any of that. If you are willing to try to take this on, even if it's just for a day or a week and not the whole year, if you're willing to take this on, I want you to just say in your heart, in your head, say it out loud, raise a hand, stand up, sit down, whatever it is that you're going to do to to cement this. Say from you to God, I'll try. I'm not looking for promises. I'm not looking for a New Year's resolution that you're going to abandon in a few days or anything like that. I just want you to say, hey God, I'll try. Let's try this together. Let me try to walk with you today. Let me try to walk with you this week. Let me try to walk with you all the way through this year, and we'll see 
what the result is. What happens when I actually trust and obey the things that God does? Are you with me? Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, thank You that You want to walk with us. Thank You for the sense of joy that we get when we hear about You walking with Your creation. Lord, um, I know that we don't always pay attention to You. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I know that I don't always pay attention to You. I know that I don't always hear the things that You're saying. I know that I don't always act on the things that You tell me. Lord, I ask that You would help me to trust. Help me to obey what it is that You give me to do. Lord, as I uh, walk through today and this week, I pray that You would help me by just reminding me of Your presence with me. Make sure that I remember You are walking with me no matter where I am, no matter what I am doing. You are there. And Lord, um, as I walk with You, help me to listen to what You have to say and to do it. We pray all these things in the name of your son Jesus, who was the best example of this, of any person who's ever been. Amen. And amen. Grace and peace to you all today. Wherever you go, remember you have nothing to fear because God is already there and God is walking with you and God always wants the best for you in everything.